Last week we had a very wonderful celebration, baptism celebration, and it was great to see many men and women declare their faith publicly in obedience to the commands of our Lord. And today also we're going to celebrate Holy Communion. It will give us another opportunity to declare God's, Jesus' death and resurrection. So in our Making Disciples series, in the last few weeks, Pastor Steve started us off with, uh, the first week we discussed about the role of family discipling their children from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we also saw come and see the invitation that Jesus had for his disciples to come and see him from John chapter 1. And also that's followed by Matthew chapter 1, the, the command that Jesus gave to come and follow him as they become fishers of men. And last week we saw the great commission from Matthew chapter 28 to go and make disciples of the nations. And that series will be concluded next week. But for today, I want us to look into 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 13. If I can ask us all to stand together for the reading of God's Word. From 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlists him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you an understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, a shepherd in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, he will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say, praise be to God. Lord, we pray this morning that as we come together to worship you and praise you, Lord, even as we look into your word, may you help us to understand your plan and your purposes. Open our eyes, our hearts, and ears to listen to you. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Our title for today's sermon is very simple. If you remember, Pastor Steve started us off with, Come and see, follow me, and go make. And as we do that, we want to keep making. It's not a single thing. It's a process. So being a disciple 
and making disciples is not a single event. We, we don't suddenly become a disciple. But rather, it is a journey. And this journey is also very difficult. It's full of hardship and doubts, seasons of lost focus, seasons of lost passion, and seasons of coldness. So the question before us is, how do we keep going on? How do we keep making disciples? How do we continue in our personal discipleship journey? And as also as we disciple others. So I want us to look this and try to answer this question from Paul's and Timothy's discipleship experience. For some of you who want to follow using outline, I have a three simple outline for us. The first one is the charge, the charge that Paul gave to Timothy. And the second one is the example, example that also Paul gave to Timothy again. And the last one is the exhortation, how Paul exhorted Timothy. So I'll begin with the first one. The first one says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. You remember Timothy and Paul's relationship. It's just like a father-son relationship. That's why he called him my son, my beloved son, when he began this book. And Timothy became so dear to Paul that he co-authored some of the New Testament letters, Paul's letters like Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and Philemon. We know from Acts 16 how Paul and Timothy met. Timothy was already a disciple when he met him. His mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois, had invested in discipling Timothy. So it was easy for Paul to bring him along in his missionary journeys as they visit different churches. And also, eventually, Paul left Timothy to continue working in the church at Ephesus. That's why Paul is not ashamed to call him my child. You see, the personal relationship that Paul and Timothy had. But the Apostle Paul was in a very unique situation. Uh, he is in prison. Unlike his first imprisonment, where he had the luxury of meeting people and interacting with them, his current imprisonment is rather harsh. And his trial outcome doesn't look so great. So he's looking at the end of his journey. From verses, from chapter 4, from verses 6 to 7, Paul said, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So Paul is looking into the end of his journey. When you are looking at the end of the journey, we don't know what, when that's going to come. But surely it will come one day. And Paul is looking right into it. So he decided to write a letter. This letter is not addressed to churches or group of people. This letter is addressed to an individual. He's a spiritual child. So his last act, the second Timothy, is Paul's known last letter. So this letter is addressed to his son. So this is what he commits to Paul. And also Paul knows that Timothy is also in a difficult spot. The church is not doing very well. 
there are false teachers and he's young and people are looking down on him. So Paul wanted to encourage young Timothy to keep going, to keep making disciples, to entrust these things that Paul had to faithful men so that this keeps going on. So how is Timothy supposed to do that? Paul, he, Paul gave him two things. He said, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, you cannot do this on your own. You need God's grace, his strength to do that. However educated we are or strong we are, we need God's grace to keep going. We need God's grace even to come to church. I need God's grace to stand in front of you and to be able to preach to you. So we depend on God's grace. So when we come in humble dependence to his throne of grace, he will enable us, he will keep us going. That's the first one. The second one, Paul tells Timothy, is to entrust to faithful men which can pass on to others. The things that Timothy heard from Paul, he's to commit them to faithful men and women so that it gets passed on. I serve with uh, Navigators Ethiopia. I have a lot of them sitting on that side, most of them. We have one saying when we meet together. We said, who is your Timothy? We ask each other, who is your Timothy? If you don't have one, you better get one. Because you always need to pass on to the next generation. So what did Paul, what did Timothy heard from Paul? From chapter 3, we read that you, however, Paul speaking to Paul, he said, followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecution I endured. Paul is telling Timothy, you know all about me. You know my purpose. You know my goal. You know my love, what I stood for. This you have to keep committing to faithful men. So we have to be always on the lookout for faithful men and women who can carry on the mantle of the gospel. Paul keeps going at it and he says he gave him three examples. Three examples. Starting from verses 3, he said, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlists him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking, the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crop. Think over this, what I say, for the Lord will give you an understanding in everything. So how is young Timothy, to share in suffering with Paul. So he gave him these three examples, like a good soldier, like an athlete, and like a hard-working farmer. A soldier's aim is very obvious, right? He is to please his commander. He can't afford to be entangled in other affairs, for it will distract him from the mission. I once worked for a company uh, started by former soldiers, like conrails, majors, and all of those things. And I was, I was a civilian. I was nothing to their eyes. 
but I was kind of leading that company. But no one listens to me. They all listen to their commanding officers. Even if they are in the business world, they keep their ranks. They never give up. If you are a high-ranking officer working at a low level, they still obey him. They still to please him. They still try to please them. So I struggled. So a good soldier's aim is to please their commander. And just like a good soldier, Paul is telling him, your aim should be to please your Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Whether you are employed in full-time ministry or in other vocations, maybe you are in business or in public service, construction, or whatever. You are maybe or some of you, us are students or teachers, fathers, mothers. Our primary aim should be to please our commander, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. The second example that Paul gave to him is of an athlete. I am no athlete, as you can see. I want to run, do all of those things, but it is hard work. I don't do it. But elite athletes, they train with one thing in mind, to win the prize. They do the hard labor of training and doing all of those exercises for one thing, to win it. But they must compete according to the rules. Every game has its own set of rules, and it must be obeyed fully in order to participate and win. On September, on this, uh, September 12, last month, one of Ethiopia's young athletes by the name Darara Huresa won the most coveted Vienna Marathon, clocking in 22 hours, 9 minutes, which was the fastest time of the year. He was only 24. You can imagine, he trained so hard for many weeks and months. Marathon training is, is a difficult thing. I've never tried it, but I heard it's very difficult. So you can imagine the excitement and euphoria this young man had when he won the race. But his jubilation only lasted for 45 minutes. He was stripped of his crown for wearing one centimeter thicker shoes than he's allowed. He can only watch in agony as his crown is taken away from him and given to who? To a Kenyan athlete, Langard, who came in second, <laughs> obeying the rules. My brothers and sisters, we must obey God's rule as we keep making disciples, as we journey in our discipleship. His commands are, are simple, and we have to keep them. There are no shortcuts. There are no cutting corners. One of the commands I live, well, this is my favorite uh, verse, is Jesus saying to his disciples in John 13, he says, a new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So for discipleship to happen, there should be trust and genuine love and care. Without love, it's difficult to disciple anyone. 
So discipleship happens in a context of a relationship. The third example Paul gave to him is like of a hard-working farmer. Again, I have no farming experience, but I have family members who live in the rural villages of Ethiopia. And by just looking at them, I can imagine it must be a hard work. You, can you have to just look at their, their hands and their feet and their faces, and you can tell it's a hard work. They go up early in the morning. They do all sorts of things, day in, day out, prepare the land, uh, plant the seed, and do all sorts of things. And it's a difficult job. That's why it's called hard working. In, uh, in Ethiopia, we have what we call hard working farmer and senef, lazy farmer. <laughs> you can look at by you can guess by looking at the farm whether that guy is a hard-working farmer or a lazy farmer. But we are to be like the hard-working farmer. So as disciple-makers, as we keep on discipling others, we get to have our hands dirty in order for us to see the fruit. So the examples that Paul gave, these three examples, they have some things in common. It all involves work. Preparation for duty. Athletes have to train day in and out. They do the same thing. It doesn't change. If you are a farmer, your routine doesn't change. If you are an athlete, your routine doesn't change. You do the same thing day in, day out. And as disciples and disciple makers, our preparation, our training, our work are also the same. We don't have to complicate it. Sometimes we think it is something else. It is to simply read our Bibles and read them and study them. We have to make prayer a regular part of our lives. We have to fellowship with each other, with our brothers and sisters. We have to encourage one another towards love and good deeds. We have to also reach out to those who are heading towards death and destruction. That's what Paul is telling him. Think over these things. Think about them. It's hard work. It doesn't get easy. You can't afford to be entangled in other affairs. You can't afford to sleep. You can't afford to be lazy. You have to be engaging with others. And finally, the exhortation. Starting from verses 8, it says, Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The offspring of David has preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Paul is in prison, bound with chains. But the word of God is not bound. It keeps on going. It is going. Why? Because it is active and living. So he says, remember Jesus. You no wonder why Paul would be saying to Timothy, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus, the offspring of David, as preached in my Gospels. Sometimes in our Christian environment, we get carried away. And we sometimes forget what is this all about. We have to remember our beginnings, the new beginnings that we have in Christ, that God gave us, gave us to us. We're just reviewing one of the verses we said, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, whoever believes in Him should not perish, 
that have everlasting life from John 3.16. So we have to always remember our beginning in order for us to go and move forward. Paul said, my gospel. Paul has internalized the message of the gospel and he said, it is my gospel now. It's not something I heard, but I have made it my own. How many of us with confidence can say, this is my gospel? The gospel of Jesus is my gospel. Have we allowed the message of the gospel to shape our priorities to, so that it become our ambitions and our purposes in life? And say with confidence that this is also my gospel. It's not something I've heard from somebody else, but I've made it my own. I've allowed it to influence my decisions. Paul said he is in prison, but the word of God is not bound. It goes on from one generation to another generation. That's why he said, therefore I endure everything. Even though my situation is bleak and dark and it's not looking great, I keep going on. I endure everything for the sake of the elect. I want to keep going on so that people can hear the message that is in Christ, so that they can have the salvation in Christ. So Paul is exhorting young Timothy, he say, keep at it, keep going. I cannot go on. I am in prison bound in chains. But you have this opportunity to pass this to others. Don't give up. Keep at it. We in our context may be saying like, you know, I cannot do this. The journey is difficult. I cannot afford I don't have time, I don't have energy, it is so inconvenient to have somebody in my life. I cannot walk alongside others. Yes, investing in others, walking alongside others costs us. It's a costly business, but it is one we joyfully endure. Why? Because it pleases our commanding Master, Lord Jesus Christ, and we shall receive our crown. And he said, if we deny him, if we deny Jesus, he will deny us. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will reign. It is to self-death that we, are, are, we rise up to live with him. So this is the warning is for everyone. In closing, I have some applications for us. I have noticed in my conversation with some of you that there is a tendency to overcomplicate making disciples and looking down on our gifts and the grace that we have as we pass on, as we keep making disciples. The first application I have for us is don't look far to find someone to disciple. Look close to where you are. For instance, I know one member who told me he meets with his colleague for lunch or coffee once a week. They just simply read one chapter a day together to encourage one another. And it's just a simple beginning. But everything begins sl slowly. Don't undermine small beginnings. It will just grow. The second one is we will mature as we do the same things over and over and over again. 
as Paul's examples, like the, the soldiers, the elite athletes, and the farmers, they do the same thing over and over and over again. And we also have to do the same exercises and trainings over and over and over again. Our tools of disciple-making are the same. Our maturing in Christ are the same. It is through the Word of God. Our tool is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit in each other. We have these excellent tools, but it is upon us to engage them, to use them. We have to read our Bibles, study them, memorize them. We have to commune with our Father in prayer. We have to come into His presence. What a privilege to come before the presence of God. And we have to also enjoy the fellowship that we have with one another. We are a gift to each other. As I'm looking down from here, I see so many of you. And it is a gift to have you. And get to know one another. Walk alongside each other. The last one I have is if you want to maybe perhaps increase or develop your skill. That's why we have these adult classes for us between the services. We have Jeff Cron leading one that is called How to Study Your Bible. It will enable you to study the Bible not only for yourselves, but also help others. We have also what we call Next Steps. Dereje and Josephet and I are also leading that. We had just a wonderful time together. We just had an exercise called Evangelism in One Verse. How do you evangelize one person using one verse? So it's an excellent tool for us to develop our skills, meet people, and also uh, join small groups. As we take Holy Communion, we are fellowshipping also with one another. What a gift we are to each other. Making disciples and becoming our becoming disciple is not about me. It's for His glory. And I do that by the strength that God gave me. And you also have that, that strength for, to endure in everything that we do. In closing, I was thinking of individuals who have invested in my life. And early on in the beginning, a young SIA missionary invested her life in me. She is the one who sat down with me and helped me understand the gospel. And looking back, I can say, yes, there are several people along the way. Some of you are already sitting in this room who have invested your life in me. You have entrusted the gospel to me. So it is upon me also to pass on to the next generation. Let's think of those who have invested their lives in me. Let's not just sit on that investment, but let us pass it on to others. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, it is costly, but it is one that is joyful. I can see the joy of this young girl when I met, to, met her a few years ago. She never thought I would turn out to be like this. And she praised the Lord. So what a joy, what an opportunity each and every one of us has to speak truth into each other's life, to encourage and develop others in their discipleship journey. So this is my encouragement for us all. May God help us. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we bless you and we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for calling us into this wonderful fellowship and partnership with you.
Thank you for loving us so dearly, Lord. As you have entrusted the gospel to us, Lord, help us to entrust it to faithful men and women who will be able to pass on. Lord, yes, it is challenging, but we have your strength to keep us going in our journey. May you be glorified in our lives and as we fellowship with one another. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you all.